Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. So we welcome you to the Torah study. The Lord bless you. Uh, We're in Torah study number 37 today out of Numbers 13 through Numbers 15. And this is uh, the uh, story, the tragic story, about the sin of the spies. Uh, Some of you know that. We'll uh, introduce you to that if you've never heard about that. But today, God is going to use this lesson to show us how our relationships and how our associations affect our destiny. Amen. Amen. God has a wonderful destiny for all of us, and yet there are influences in our lives, some good, some not so good, that uh, work to affect our destiny. And so we want to study that today. And in Numbers 13, we're here witnessing another crucial incident in Israel's history. Uh, Israel's on uh, the edge of the promised land. They're ready to enter in and take possession of every promise that God has made coming out of Egypt. Actually, what God has made since the days of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, And uh, yet, uh, because of their unfaithfulness, and because a spirit of doubt and fear and unbelief somehow weaseled its way in... These uh, ten of these twelve spies that Moses sends into the promised land to spy out the land come back with a real negative report and everyone believed the, the negative report and it caused confusion and chaos and it ended up causing Israel to spend the next 40 years in the wilderness instead of in the promised land enjoying the blessed life. How many of you want to enjoy the blessed life? Hallelujah. Well, some of that includes then understanding who you're hanging around with, how they're affecting your life. Are they bringing a positive, faith-filled word into your life? Or are they negative, pessimistic, always uh, looking at the worst of things instead of the best of things? You know, and, and what's so perplexing to me is that these spies, so-called spies, were highly respected leaders. These were distinguished men, one from each of the 12 tribes. So it's not like uh, they they just fell off the turnip truck. They're quality hand-picked leaders by Moses to prepare the nation to walk into another chapter of their destiny. And yet, ten of the twelve come back, and all of a sudden, their minds uh, go haywire, and they begin to spew that fear, that doubt, that unbelief, and it wrecks a nation. 
And uh, I got to thinking about that, and we won't get into this. I think Pastor shared a little of this yesterday in the uh, men's and women's breakfast in the lobby. Great, great teaching is that even now, uh, amongst Christian leaders, there's a, a, a line being drawn in the sand as to what some people are preaching. Uh, he gave the example of a real famous preacher uh, who is on an apology tour, as it were, apologizing to sinners if Christians have ever gone into their life, into their world, and said, this is what the Bible says. You should have minded your own business, Christian, he's teaching, and not try to impose your belief on an unbeliever. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, and this is, he taught, this is what the Bible is teaching out of Matthew 24. Many will come and say they are the Christ. And what that means is many will come saying, yes, Jesus is the Christ, but they will say that and yet deceive many. And... uh, Telling people to keep your mouth shut about the gospel is a deception. And that guy needs to be, somebody needs to spiritually spank him. (laughs) The chairman of the board needs to meet the seat of education in that guy's world. But there's more than just one. And so it's very important that even if they're in a prominent role, you need to have discernment. And you need to know the Bible good enough in your own life to be able to separate what's good and what's bad, what's, what's positive, what's negative, what's the Word of God, and what's the doctrine of this man or that man. So the 12, uh, 10 of the 12 spies uh, came back with an evil report. And uh, we won't go into it all, it's in Numbers Uh, 13 but here's some of the highlights they came back and said we cannot attack these people they are stronger than we are oh is that right all the people we saw there are of great size and we seemed in their sight and in our own sight as grasshoppers And so it's this kind of negative vibe, negative attitude, negative vision uh, that caused Israel as a whole to stumble and fall. And instead of coming back and fully persuading the people, we can do this! All things are going to be possible, including taking the land. Uh, But instead of being fully persuaded, they became convinced it was impossible. Uh, And not only did they say it was impossible, the whole nation uh, took it a step further. You know, misery loves company, and look, it's just like a snowball or a domino effect. So not only are they saying they can't take the land, they said, let us appoint a new leader, get rid of Moses, and go back to Egypt. 
All right, so you can see this is a debacle of debacles, right? They're right on the edge. They're right on the one-yard line. They are ready to score, and, and then they got fumbleitis and, uh, and blew everything that uh, God had promised. And it, it really is mind-boggling uh, when you think about it, because over that past year, this has been a little over a year now, since they've come out of Egypt, and they've gone through a series of miracles, right? They have seen the hand of God move again and again and again. And so you would think by now they'd be totally confident that God was able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything they could dream up. Uh, But they didn't. I went back in, in, in Exodus 23. Uh, here's just a sample of some of the things God promised. In Exodus 23, he says to Israel, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place I have prepared. Then he says, if you shall indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. Amen. God's going to fight our battle. You pick a fight with me, devil, you pick a fight with God. Amen. And me and God form a majority. And if God be for me, no devil can be against me and win. He says, again, Exodus 23, I will send my fear before you and will destroy all the people to whom you shall come and I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. Amen. How many of you know the devil might come at us one way, but with the Spirit of God working in our lives, he'll flee. God will cause him to flee seven ways. And then he says, little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you are increased and inherit the land. These are amazing promises. Promises we still need to claim in our lives today. And and yet, despite experiencing all these promises made, promises kept, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to overcome the evil report. Stress, anxiety, worry, and doubt, and fear is what they gravitated to. And they end up panicking. And what a price they paid. My takeaway from this as I was putting these notes together is that it shows us experiencing miracles is one thing. Building faith is quite another. Just because you experience miracles doesn't mean that builds your faith. It should contribute to that. But God doesn't necessarily want us living, praying, believing, hoping for another miracle. 
He wants you and I to get into His program so that we're building such a reservoir of faith in our lives. Our vision is faith. Our words are faith. Our whole mindset and attitude is faith. Amen? That takes time, little by little, inch by inch, everything's a cinch. First the seed, then some time, then the harvest. What do I do between believing God and receiving from God? There's always gap. There's always a gap. And during that gap time is when you need to be speaking the Word, working the Word, reading the Word, studying the Word. That's why you're here this morning. (laughs) Because you get it, right? You get it. Amen. The truth is that even though our spirits were reborn when we gave our hearts to the Lord, we still need to renew our minds. And that's the little by little that takes place. Romans 12, 2. Uh, you become transformed by renewing your mind to the Word of God. Proverbs 23, 7. As a woman or a man thinks in their heart, so are they. So is they. So we need renewing. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. You can be in church and still have a carnal mind. Yeah? And so you won't receive things from the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, that natural person. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. This is part of the fight of faith. is getting our mind, our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings under control. Yeah, I know it was a crazy life. We all have a version of coming out of a crazy life. Some people's lives were more crazy and requires more work. Some of y'all were almost walking on water even when you were seven years old. So your path wasn't as difficult. But no matter what path you are, we still need to develop our faith. Develop a vision that God is for us. Nothing is impossible. Through Christ the Messiah, I can do all things. Greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. And add 99 more things to that. That's how, we, that's how we live. That's how we roll. And that's how you create a spiritually inside mind instead of a natural mind, a carnal mind. And going to church doesn't necessarily mean you're building yourself up in your most holy faith. Sitting, coming to church doesn't renew your mind. It's when you put the Word to work in your life that renews your mind. Of course, church attendance is good, but there's more required than just showing up. Amen? If you want a blessed life. Amen? There's, what about the learning part? Somebody said, well, there's nothing I have to do. That's what grace is. It means I get a free, you don't have to do nothing card. Well, you better do something if you're going to uh, learn. If you're going to grow, if you're going to mature in the things of God, you've got to be more than just a casual Christian, right? 
How many of you like the idea of breaking out and breaking through? Amen. Well, the only way to do that is to build your faith. And, and how do you build your faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and doing and doing and doing. And that's kind of what separates the winners from the losers is because you mean I got to do something? Way back when, uh, when Constantine took over the, uh, the faith, uh, he, he was a pagan king, and he appointed a lot of pagan priests to take over what it meant to be Christians back in uh, like 317 A.D. and, and past that. And it's an interesting thing. Uh, in uh, one book I read by Robert Heidler, The Messianic Church Arising, he, he says that Constantine and all his appointees who were pagan but were Christian, they turned uh, faith without works is dead into just believing. Instead of Christianity being an action word, it became just what you believed. And we still do that today. Of course, what we believe is important, but if what we believe doesn't drive us to action and living out, walking out our faith, then uh, look, James said, even the devils believe. And yet they have the good sense to fear and tremble. I won't read it uh, all this morning, but if you go to Hebrews chapter 4, in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1, God is talking about entering into His rest, entering into His blessing. And then He uses the example of Israel right at this point. And He says that Israel had the gospel preached to them just like we have the gospel preached to us. Except their problem was they didn't mix the Word of God with faith. And therefore they perished in the the desert. So he's saying if you want to go beyond just perishing and live a blessed life, you need to learn how to mix faith with the promises of God. That's a key part of this message. Because faith is a spiritual force. It's something that uh, God puts in us that we are to build and develop. And it causes us to believe the promises of God despite all the contrary evidence. Yeah, there's big giants in the land. But God has made us to be giant killers. I don't care how big, the bigger they are. (laughs) Amen. And your faith becomes stronger and stronger and stronger as you continue to hear what the Word of the Lord is saying. As you uh, begin to study more and more and more what the Bible says about all these different issues and challenges and circumstances of life. And then you begin to speak the Word. 
That's called working the Word. I heard that from uh, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland 30, 40 years ago. Work the Word. 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 When, when the doctor report comes, work the Word. Work the Word. Work the, when, the, when the legal report comes, work the Word. Work the Word. Work the Word. If all you know is John 3.16, that's enough to get you into heaven by the hair on your chinny chin chin. And that'll be good. I'd rather just barely make it into heaven than spend eternity in hell. But there's so much more to your destiny than wearing a rainbow colored wig and having a John 3.16 sign in the end zone. Amen? It's like we always say, you don't concentrate on speaking to others about the size of your mountain. That happens a lot when people come and uh, ask pastor to pray for them. They'll come and rehearse all the negative things. And they don't realize that they're embedding all the negative things in their spirit. And so uh, Pastor always likes Lydia to be nearby because Lydia shuts it down for him. Good cop, bad cop. (laughs) You don't concentrate on telling everybody how bad it is. You don't go around telling everybody how big the mountain is. You speak to the mountain about how big your God is. Amen? Israel didn't do that. And the Bible is telling us let's learn from their mistakes. Let's let's get back to God has not given us a spirit of fear. But He's given us a spirit of love and power and a disciplined mind. Amen? So don't let the wrong uh, words dominate the conversation. And if you're involved with people, this is the association part. The rela- if you're involved with people that are all the time just using you as their landfill, you better discern that. Oh, I, I, it won't affect me yet. Yeah, it will affect you. Only uh, out of the 12 spies, only Caleb and Joshua came back with a good report. Not a good average. I don't know if that's God showing us that's the way it is in every generation. There's just a few people that are living and walking by faith, talking the talk, walking the walk, and most people aren't. They, they tried, and this is, this is a pattern for you and I, we need to counter the bad report. Just as they're using negative-filled words, we need to counter things with faith-filled. Even a doctor's report, or a financial report, or a legal report. Yeah, on paper, that's what it says, but in the name and by the blood and through the promises of God, I counter that. In Jesus' name. That's putting your faith into action, right? Numbers 13.30 said Caleb tried to quiet the people. (laughs) 
In other words, shut up! (laughs) And he said, let's go! We can take the land! We can conquer these people! Then in Numbers 14, they kept at it. They said to all the people of Israel in verses 7 through 9, Numbers 14, 7 through 9, we traveled through the land and explored the land. It's a wonderful land. And the Lord, if He's pleased with us, will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It's a rich land flowing with milk and honey. So don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They're helpless. They have no protection because the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. That's quite a statement of faith. And we need to apply that in our lives today. And as we continue to face issues, obstacles, no one's immune from issues and obstacles, right? I mean, everybody's going to go, because there's a devil that's constantly a roar, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But as for me and my house, he may not devour us in the name by the blood of Jesus. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. And when we we're building that faith and we're speaking that faith, God will honor that. And look how He honors Caleb in Numbers fourteen twenty four. He says, My servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. And then in verse 38 it's added, not one of you others will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home except Caleb and Joshua. So there's a lot at stake for you and your descendants. It's Father's Day today. Uh, It just reminds us that our uh, descendants, our sons and daughters, nieces and nephews, grandsons and granddaughters, all of our extended family, you might be the only one that knows how to speak faith over their lives. So get busy. This is why it's important who you hang around with. Right? It's why your church is important. Ask yourself, are your friends filled with faith? You know? Are the, the people that I'm hanging around with, are they like uh, dream enhancers or dream stealers? Doesn't mean you have to be mean to them, but uh, it means you're not going to devote the whole clock the whole day, to letting them just use you as a nuclear uh, a waste site. <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. One, one guy uh, wrote, he said, people inspire you or they drain you. Choose wisely. 
people inspire or drain you? Choose wisely. Now that doesn't mean that, again, we're not cruel to people, mean, but we try to do what Caleb and Joshua, hey, hold on just a minute. Don't say all of that negative stuff. Let me help you here. You need to speak faith over that. And, and hopefully you've gained a friend. Oh man, thank you so. But on the, on the flip side, what if they mock all of that? Well, that's kind of a telltale sign. You know what? I need new friends. <laughs> According to Jewish wisdom, the spies made a major mistake even before Moses sent them out. Because uh, instead of just answering the question, how best to conquer the land, they turned it into a decision on whether it was possible or not. See, when it comes to healing, uh, how you ask the questions and think about things is so important. Are you still thinking, I'm not sure if God wants me healed or not? No, God's already settled it. Now it's just, what's the best way for me to get my healing? Do I stand in faith and pray? Or do I uh, stand in faith and pray and then ask for the doctor's help? They're all methods of delivering healing. Amen? But one thing's for sure, God is a healer. And it's His will that you be healed and whole in every area of life. But they're, they're trying to decide whether it's even possible or not. They changed the mission. And it led to confusion and chaos. Uh, the, the Humash, the Hebrew Bible says, they chose to send spies not to plan strategy, but to, to decide whether they should obey the command of the Lord. E. Oh, man. Here's the fact. Moses never sent the spies on a military mission. He already knew the battle was won. These distinguished men of God should have known the battle is already won. We're going on a spiritual mission. I'm sending you in to rekindle the love for the land that began with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want you to reconnect yourselves and then come back with a good report and tell everybody, it's just like the Lord said! Man, we are getting ready for God's very best! Amen. You know, it's been 400 years since the original dream. Plus, they spend a couple hundred years in uh, slavery, in exile and slavery. And Moses wants them to reestablish a prophetic edge. Uh, they wa- he wants them to reestablish what their destiny as a nation is all about. I want you to take the next steps of faith on your journey. So get out there, see how good it is, come back with an inspirational report, encourage everybody, and then we'll go in and take the land. But we know they didn't, and it just shows us the power of association. Why did all the people want to believe them? 
Why didn't they, "Eh, something's not right here, I've got my discerning cap on, and I remember what God has done, He kept doing miracle after miracle, He said all of these promises, what what happened to all of that? Ten, Ten of you spies? But they didn't do that. It probably means they weren't working on themselves during all of this. They were just kind of relying on miracles and not building themselves up in their most holy faith. They're just waiting for the next evangelist to schedule a trip to Dallas and uh, hopefully I'll get in the prayer line, get hands laid on me, and everything will be all right. Well, that may happen. But that's not God's best for you. God's best is for you to crack open the Word, begin to find the promises of God, and begin to rehearse the promises of God. Speak it. Work it. Declare it. Speak it. Work it. Declare it. Speak it. Work it. Declare it. Well, I'm tired. Yeah, we're all tired. (laughs) I'm tired too. But I think of the alternative. If you think education is expensive, try ignorance. (laughs) I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, got saved and burned the (laughs) t-shirt. Amen. So this affects our destiny, who we're hanging around with, who's speaking into our lives, who's prophesying what, on TV, in the lobby, wherever. Amen. So you have to ask yourself... Uh, Are people helping me fulfill my God-given destiny or hindering me from achieving it? Are they positive or always negative? Is is every time I get around so-and-so, I walk away feeling like drama, worry, anxiety? Or do I feel inspired? Like I can change the world, I got a shot of creativity, I can do this thing! That's why they say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. I I was on uh, the internet over the weekend and I found a quote by the late uh, General Colin Powell. And uh, he, he wrote, probably said it in a speech, the less you associate with some people, the more your life will improve. Anytime you tolerate mediocrity in others, it increases your own mediocrity. An important attribute in successful people is that they're in patience with negative thinking and negative acting people. As you grow, your associates should change. Some of your friends will not want you to go on. They're going to want you to stay where you are, the general teaches. Friends that don't help you climb will want you to crawl. Your friends will either stretch your vision or choke your dream. Those that don't increase you will eventually decrease you. Colin Powell. What he's describing is called crabology. Crabology. You know what that is, right? You, you put crabs in a bucket, and you don't need to cover the bucket 
Because they're not going to get out. Why? Because if one crab tries to crawl out, the other crabs will pull him back down. And it's instinctive. This is why people need to be born again. If you're not born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. You're a naturally thinking person that won't respect the spiritual thinking that God has. Amen? And as a result, you'll either intentionally or unintentionally prevent others from climbing the ladder of success. So God's showing us we need to discern this. Who's speaking into my life? Amen? Who, who's helping me reach my potential? Who's stopping me from reaching my potential? Pastor Joel Osteen says you need to associate with people who inspire you. People that challenge you to raise higher. People that make you better. Don't waste your time with people that are not adding to your growth. Your destiny is too important. Your destiny is too important. Come on, somebody. Your destiny too important. Now watch how this connects to a deeper teaching. Moses sends out this advanced team on a route that begins in the city of Hebron. Now why Hebron? Hebron is Abraham's city. It's the world's oldest Jewish community. And it's the site of the very first real estate transaction ever recorded in the Bible, and I guess probably that we know of in human history. This is where Abraham purchases the cave of Machpelah. This is where all the patriarchs and the matriarchs except Rachel are buried. And even in Jewish literature and tradition, even Adam and Eve are buried there. The cave of Machpelah in the city of Hebron. Hebron is actually the site of where the Egyptian exile began. That happened 400 years earlier. This is where Jacob sends Joseph to seek his brothers. And it says in Genesis 37, Israel said to Joseph, whenever you see the name Israel instead of Jacob, he has, it's speaking of a national destiny. Israel says to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come and I will send you to them. And he said to him, Here I am. And he said, Go, I beg, see whether it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks and bring me word again. So he sent him out from the depth or valley of Hebron and he came to Shechem. Now the thing is, Hebron is a mountain. It's not a valley. But because they're about ready to go into exile because of some dastardly stuff, it it becomes a valley. The valley of the shadow of death. Because they didn't do it the right way, the brothers. So four centuries later, God and Moses bring the nation back to where it all began. 
And in a sense, they are symbolically reversing family curses. Somehow in your life and in my life, if there are recurring and repeating issues that we can't get by, the Holy Spirit will take you back to where that began, not so you can find sympathy and pity, so that you can go back and defeat that thing, defeat that emotion, defeat that negative feeling, so that you can move on in your destiny. Oh, help me somebody. Praise be to God. Man, I just think somebody's getting this and they're realizing all that crying, all that emotion, all that trauma, all of that worry, all that anxiety from something that happened 400 years ago. God is getting ready to reverse that curse, take you back, so by faith you can can defeat that thing in your life once and for all. And you may have to go back a few other times because it may still rear its ugly head. But all of a sudden you realize that thing has no hold on me anymore. Whatever they tried to inflict on me, whatever suffering and pain they caused in my life, I refuse to be a a slave and a servant to pain and suffering. Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pain. And by His stripes I am whole, spirit, soul, and body. Oh, thank you, Lord. That's the power of the gospel. Going up through Hebron was the original plan. Later on with Joshua, they had to go around uh, the, uh, the Dead Sea, through Moab, and cross through Jericho. But why Hebron? Because God wanted that curse to be reversed and everybody would see that and they would go into the promised land fully cleansed, fully whole. And think about this, once Hebron was conquered, guess what city would have probably been next? Jerusalem. Because Hebron and Jerusalem are on the old pilgrim's road. It's a trade route. And they would have went to Jerusalem, but instead they missed God's destiny and had to wait another 400 years for taking Jerusalem. Oh my gosh. So this is, all, uh, uh, this is showing us the power of association. He, Moses wanted all the spies to start in Hebron to reconnect to their Jewish roots. And wouldn't you know, this is just like God, wouldn't you know this, that the word Hebron, when you look it up in your reference books, means the seat of association. God is saying something. Who you associate with. Begin to associate with the patriarchs. Begin to associate your life with the Lord Jesus Christ. Not what was done to you by some man or some group or some this, that, or the the devil. Whoever did that, they were wrong. God will punish them in due time if they harm you and hurt you. But vengeance is His, not yours. And don't let them keep hurting you over and over and over and over. Year after year. Feeling after feeling. Emotion after. In the name of Jesus, I bind and rebuke that. 
Come on, somebody, help me here. And God sends them to Hebron, the seat of association. Moses intended the leaders to start what they uh, were going to do in the land by first associating themselves with their spiritual history. And then they could go on and finish uh, their journey and fulfill their destiny. But it was only Caleb that understood this. In Numbers 13.22, the Torah says, They ascended by the south, and he came to Hebron. They, all the spies, came together, but only one went to Hebron. Caleb. And, And so... Ancient Jewish literature teaches that Caleb separated himself from the other spies and went and prostrated himself upon the graves of the patriarchs and prayed to them, My fathers, pray on my behalf that I may be delivered from the plan of the spies. Caleb. So looking back, uh, we've all missed an aspect of our destiny. I just uh, uh, told uh, Yvonne and Margaret in the back, because we were all talking about how young we were married. Margaret was married at 17, uh, I was married at 19, and uh, uh, Yvonne, I think, was married uh, uh, at, uh, no, well, whatever it was, she was a teenager too. And uh, I said to him, boy, I wish I would have known then what I know now. Amen. So we've all gone through some incredible stuff we wished we'd never had gone through. We all made decisions based on unwise input from unwise people. <laughs> Why did I listen to him? <laughs> Hey, we've all followed fear-based emotions. You know, your emotions get, and you just get this, and it's the devil fanning the flame behind the scenes. Uh, And even when you think about the grasshopper comment, we've all based decisions on our own poor self-image. But there's good news in the gospel. Hallelujah. Today is the day of salvation. If you and I come before the Lord, no matter what it is, and say, Father, forgive me, I didn't know what I was doing. I repent and ask you to fill me with faith. Restore what was lost or missing out of my life. Help me to grow. Help me to mature and succeed in every area of life. God will answer that prayer. I guarantee it. Praise God. Someone once said, the only thing that changes our life, long, uh, our life long term is when we raise our standards. Amen? So ask yourself this morning, any standards I need to raise up? Amen? Are we okay? Someone once said, you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Choose carefully. <laughs> So ask yourself, do, do uh, I need to let go of any negative relationships? 
Someone once said the quality of a person's life is most often a direct reflection of the expectations of their peer group. So ask yourself, do you need to prioritize your time in a way that you're spending more time with positive, visionary, hardworking people and less time with the other people? Amen? This is why coming to Torah, coming to church can be so important for you. It's one of the key sources of biblical and spiritual influence or not. Because there are a lot of churches that don't teach a positive message. You're going to burn in hell and uh, get down here and repent. Well, maybe, maybe you need to repent, but I don't. people are living in hell. <laughs> they need to know the pathway out of living in hell. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Church should be a place where people are being saved, set free, and transformed. Amen? And that's, a, that's the kind of place New Beginnings is. That's the kind of place pa- uh, pastors, uh, the kind of pastors, pastors Larry and Tiz are. Amen? And hopefully that's the kind of pastors Lydia and I are. Amen? So let's close in prayer. Let's just take this to heart, Father. We just love you and bless you and thank you for your wisdom and revelation knowledge filling our lives today. Father, we want to ask for forgiveness for any of the doubt and the worry and the unbelief for just getting uh, emotionally out of control. We bind and rebuke all of those negative spirits. We cast them out of our lives and we declare that we are going to be positive, optimistic, faith-filled people that speak the promises of God, that work the Word, work the Word, work the Word. Father God, let the power of the Holy Spirit cleanse us from every bad attitude, every wrong thinking, every limitation that might be destroying our destiny. And we ask that you would bring new friends, new associations into our lives beginning this morning. Let your anointing fall in the name of Jesus. Let every yoke be destroyed. Let every burden be removed. Let your word be the supreme authority in our lives. Let our faith grow, our trust in you grow like never before. We bless you for amazing grace. We bless you for your goodness and loving kindness. We thank you, Lord. We have the victory in every area of life. In Jesus' name, amen this morning and amen. Well, give the Lord a praise. Thank you for joining us. Love you guys. Happy Father's Day.